Welcome to the On Life On Us podcast with Ashley and Wendell Christian, a podcast where we discuss real life, real situations, and real relationships. Get some. Welcome back, everybody, to the On Life On Us podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Wendell. And we are the, the Christians. Christians. So how have you been doing, Wendell? I've been doing great. Um, it's cold outside. It's cold as hell. It is. Somebody needs to pay the heat bill or I'm out of here. You ain't going nowhere. At some point I am. We've been trying to move to the south, y'all, and Wendell don't want to go nowhere. I do want to go, but you know, you got to make moves strategically. You can't just be, you know, you got a family. You got to think twice. Okay, and, and we three can pack times. Up and leave. All right, well, then you lead the way then. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about our careers. And how we decided on our careers, um, basically the direction we're trying to go in our careers and some advice that we would give our younger selves or I guess people that are around our age that haven't quite figured out what they want to do. Um, just some things that we've learned along the way and that we're trying to apply in our lives now. Yeah. So um, We're going to give you guys some takeaways also. Yeah, Miss Ashley is about to preach to y'all. Not really, but... All right, well, let's get it going. So, preach. So, I am a dental assistant. That's what I do in my career. I work in the dentistry field. Um, I'm a dental assistant, and I'm also a dental coordinator. So, for people who don't know what that is, if you think about a hospital setting where they have the doctor, and then they have the medical assistant that comes in to see you before you see the doctor... That's kind of what a dental assistant does. So basically, um, there's a there's a number of things that a dental assistant may have to do um, that a lot of people don't know. So in some office settings, a dental assistant is the person who schedules your appointments. Sometimes they're the person who takes your x-rays. Um, we also set up the entire treatment plan room when you treat, yeah, treatment room, um, when you come in for like fillings or if you're getting, I don't know, crowns, dentures, you get some teeth pulled out, they set up the entire room from start to finish. So basically the doctor can come in, work on you, get out of there, and then they basically tear down and clean the room up for you. So basically you you're the person that's like the setup person for the doctor. The main, not the main event, but I like to say we're the main event because we do a lot. So anyways, I got into dentistry um, in 2013 and I fell in love with it because it was a challenge for me. And in the beginning of my college education, well, not even college, I would say like throughout my whole schooling experience, I wasn't really good in math or science. And if you are, if you know, about working in the medical field, being good in math and science is like key. Like those are two of the main things that they want you to be good at. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really, I, I thought in my head that I wasn't good at that. So getting into this field really challenged me um, in that area. Basically, it showed me discipline and basically I had to finally sit down and figure out how to basically get on top of that. 
because I feel like before I was like giving up on it. Yeah, do I you, just would think in my head like not to go off on a tangent, but do you believe a lot of times like uh, we learn we learn we're not good at something like at a young age, and so like it sticks with us, and we don't actually put any effort towards it? Because I feel like that's a lot. That's what people say a lot. Like, I'm not. I'm just not good at science. And then when you sit down, and it's like, well, have you actually like tried? Yes. Like you like learned that in elementary school, so you never tried throughout school. Or oh, it's yeah. like a lot of times it be, it's the teacher. Like, think about it. Even like with stats, right? Like, I did horrible in stats my first time I took stats in college, and then I ended up becoming a stat tutor. Yeah. Because I got a better teacher, so it's like. Yeah, definitely. I always thought that. Science and math were for, was for smart kids. Yeah. So because I didn't catch on to it right away, I thought it was like, nah, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to be good at that. But you know, as time went on, I I got the hang of it. Science is still, woo. If you good in science, more power to you. Because I'd be like, bruh, start over, please. I like science. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's how I started off. It was a challenge for me, and I like the hands-on aspect of it. So um. I got into the program or whatever, and I got my first job probably, I would say, a year or so into it. I got my first job. I hadn't graduated. I, I got a job before I actually graduated. So um, I started working at a private office, and, you know, working at a private office is much different because... A lot of things are slower and they're more personal. So it was it was good because I got to learn at a slower pace um, in the beginning. I would say it was good in the beginning. So the first few weeks of me working there, I was super excited. You know how you be super excited. Like this is my first job, my first real big girl job out of school. And it's like I want to get in here and basically show off my skills that I just learned in school. So um that was that was a good part of it but slowly you know into it I started to realize how fast reality sets in once you get into the work world and it's like okay everything isn't this big dream that school basically like puts in front of you yeah because you have people yeah yes um and so when I started working there I started to realize that the staff and the lady that I was working for, like she was really, she was really controlling. So it was like, everybody was like walking on eggshells in this office. And I didn't really like that because it was like, I can't come to work and be myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, I worked there long story short, I worked there for six months and I ended up quitting because it got to the point where I would come to work and I would be so like distraught like I was crying when I started to come to work Mm. and I think at that time I realized that no job is worth my mental like peace or my mental space like I'm not going to let a job stress me out that much to the point where I'm crying coming into work Mm -hmm. so I quit because I was just like I can't like I remember talking to my mom I was like Ma, I just can't do this. I'm like, I'm I'm literally wasting my time here because if I'm that out of it to the point where I'm crying and I just can't think about like, I, I can't stop thinking about quitting. I'm I'm just done. Mm. So um, after that, I didn't attempt to get another dental job because I thought that I had failed. Mm-hmm. 
So I started, I, I went back to my old job, which was being a dietary aide at the Merriman. And it was like, I had no idea where to go from there. And you met your husband. <laughs> Whatever. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it was a, it was a, a few years in between that time that I would just kind of, I really felt down on myself and, um, I felt lost and I was kind of like, I was really, I guess I felt like I dropped the ball. Like it was like, I felt like it was my fault that I didn't, that I didn't stay there. So did you feel like, um, cause I feel like everybody hits this spot in their life and it's like, you hit like that crossroad and it's like, you feel like this was my chance for success. So mm-hmm. success isn't for me. This over here is for me. So not that not that I can't be successful, but it's like the thing that I was banking on didn't work, so it's not for me. So I'm like I'm kind of done with it. I don't know if that makes sense, but Yeah, I know what you mean. It I never felt like it wasn't for me. I just felt like I don't know how to get back into it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just like I can't show my face again because I must not be good at this. And so, you know, I went back to my, to the Merriman and it was kind of like, I, that job was such a breeze. I was just like, this is too easy for me. Yeah. And it was like, I can't stay here because I'm not reaching my full potential. I feel like I'm a failure if I stay here. And it it was like, I, I guess I just knew in my head, like, this isn't the end for me, but I don't like in my head, I was just like, I don't know how to get back into what my purpose is. And so, um, it really took me until I got pregnant with Adrian that I was just like, what am I, what am I doing basically? So in between that time, I was just like aimlessly doing a whole bunch of things. And it was just like, I, the, my wake up call was when I got pregnant with Adrian, I was like, okay, I need to figure out something in my life to do. Now at that time I wasn't, I still wasn't thinking about dentistry. I just was thinking about basically working my ass off like you know how you want to be like a I'm going to do everything for my kid kind of mom Mm -hmm. and so um I still was lost but I guess my my fire turned back on with my purpose it was just kind of like okay I know that I want to be something but I just don't know what Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because I almost gave up on dentistry because it was kind of like Six months basically put the stamp on my success in that area. Mm. And it's, you know, it, I don't know, it's funny because we, we do that a lot. It's like, like you said, it's like we, we try something for a little bit, we fail at it, and then we think, oh, this is not for me. Yeah, you hit a roadblock and, mm-hmm. and like you said, you're kind of out of it. So it's like, well, how do I get back in? Yeah. If I banked everything on this and this was supposed to be how I thought it was in my head and it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, it didn't turn out that way. So That's what athletes do, mm-hmm. especially at a younger age. It doesn't work out. And I deal with that a little bit. Like, it didn't work out. And it's like, well, I'm a failure, so, like, I can't succeed at nothing because this didn't work. Yeah. And that's that's really how I felt. I felt like, well, I failed at, I failed at, the, I failed at dentistry, so I'm never going to get back into it. So what happened was is that I, I got in my head that if I'm going to get back into this, I may have to start smaller. Okay. Mm. So what I did was, is I got back in, I got back into the dentist office, but I started as a front desk person. Mm. 
And that really helped me be in the long run because a lot of that stuff that's like you think is not important, like the boring stuff that you do every single day, you think it's not important. It really is important in the long run because it actually helped me get a promotion at my job that I work at now. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked at the front desk for about a year. And um, I learned a lot of things working at the front desk. So the first thing that I learned was is that the way that you deal with people matters the most. Absolutely. So if you don't have a if you don't have a good way of having building relationships with people, you're going to fail right off the rip because mm-hmm. people are what's going to keep your business or your career going. Yep. Everything is surrounded by the clients or the people that you come face to face with. And so um that was the first thing I learned because in customer service, 90% of the, well, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, you really don't hear anything unless it's a problem. Absolutely. That's all it ever is. <laughs> it's either over money, yeah. appointment time, yes, or something got messed up with whatever they wanted. Yeah. Like people are nice or whatever, but it's like, you really don't have that, that first interaction with somebody until it's kind of like, okay, you messed up something or why do I have to pay for this? Or something is wrong with this or they're calling you and they want, you know, so that's what um, I learned first is how to deal with people. But I learned a lot of things like organization and how to handle phone calls and disputes and things like that. So um, once I came to the end of that, I realized that I still have it. Like I still have the skills or whatever and I can move forward. So I got, I guess, my a little bit of my confidence back and I went on to get my dental, like my dental assisting, it's like a radio x-ray license. Mm-hmm. So I got that back and then I started doing a dental, being a dental assistant again. And it was like, it was just like a totally new love. Like it was kind of like, I realized that I'm, I'm good at this. I'm still learning, but I can be great. I just have to work at it like every single day. And so now you're on goat status. I don't, I don't know. if <laughs> I don't know if I'm on goat status. I know that I'm valuable. Well, yeah, when, you got promoted. Yeah. And turn around and got promoted again. I'm valuable. Place. Yeah. At the company that I work at, I'm value. I'm very valuable. Um, and what I know how to do a lot of things I realize come to me more easily than others. And I think it's just because I'm willing to do that. And it's like, I had to work with less at one point in my life. So now when you approach me with things, obviously some things are hard, but it's like, it's not as hard as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So now I'm able to do more things and I'm able to handle, you know, multiple things that are hard at once. All right, Beast Mode. I see you. I guess. Well, I think uh, you're naturally, at least that's something that I picked up on right away when we were working together at the Merriman. You're naturally a, um, you're like really good with people even when they're difficult. So like I automatically knew right there that you were really good with administrative stuff because not a lot of people have that ability to do that. Like when somebody's getting smart with me, I'm like either I'm either not going to say anything or I'm going to get smart back. Like (laughs) you're just, you're not about to talk to me like that. So, like, I noticed that right away when we were working together, it was like, okay, like, you're really good. You're really good at, like, 
de-escalating a situation or like still putting a smile on even though people are mistreating you or you don't like how things are going on mm-hmm. and that's when i was like you naturally have this thing about you with people where it's like they like you and they feel like they feel like they can reach out to you and that's not something that i naturally am good at because i tend to be somebody that's like backs away like i don't really do well like especially like you saw when i first got to the merriman i don't i don't have much to say yeah. You have to come up and like kind of talk to me. Yeah, and like I, this or that. Yeah, and I've like grown out of that, obviously. Like I'm a lot different of a person, but that's been a journey for me. Like that side of it, like what you were saying about the customer service piece and it being about the customers. For me, like with training in particular, because that's what I do now, I was so stuck on just like training. Like if I just get good at training and I just get good at that. And obviously it's taken me a long way mm-hmm. because like all the stuff I've done, but I think now I'm transitioning over and I'm starting to realize, okay, it's about the relationship and it's about having, about being able to connect with people and um, realizing that I'm not for everybody, but also I have to realize that um, the way that I kind of look and see things is not normal for for the majority of people that I do encounter. Yes. And so it's it's having that, what do you call it, having empathy. Yeah. And compassion, having that that side of me where it's like, all right, I understand that you're not like into this the way I am or that you move the way that I move when it comes to it. Mm -hmm. But I know where to meet you at. And I think like that's that's kind of the place I'm in. And I guess that's kind of the place where I'm starting to transition and go from, because like I said, I used to just be about the work like I'm studying this. I'm doing this. I'm reading this. I'm reading that. So I should be good. Like it like the relationship stuff is going to work itself out just because like I know my stuff. Yeah, I think the um, the type of environment that I work in now, so I work for, it's called a FQHC. Um, basically, I work at a health center and we are funded by the government majority. So basically, um, we see a lot of patients and we treat a lot of patients who come from an underserved community. Mm-hmm. So when you work with the underserved community, you know, a lot of people discount how patient of a person you have to be when you're not just the public, but it's like the underserved public. So you get like a whirlpool of people. That's like some of these people are really down and out. They don't have anything like they don't have housing. They don't have money to pay their bills. They don't have jobs, whatever. Some of these people are transient, you know, like they don't, they come from all over the place and then they end up, you know, in our office or it's like some people have government uh, benefits and they're unappreciative. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're at their disposal. You should be doing this for me because I have this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it teaches you how to be really patient and also, like you said, how to meet somebody where they're at. Mm-hmm. So um, even like if somebody, sometimes people come in and they start crying because it's like, I've never been somewhere where somebody is so willing to help me with what I need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get those patients that's like, like I said, they're unappreciative. And you also have to meet them where they're at because it's like, okay, I'm here to help you. You're not here to tell me how to do my job. Yeah. So it's like you have to. It's definitely a balance. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. And you, you know, you kind of, you get really good at it. Dealing with multiple people. We see a lot of patients too. We see like a ton of patients every day so you kind of you get in the habit of dealing with different types of people um in different ways and i think that that helped me a lot um talking to people because 
you realize your own strengths. I guess that's that's the one of the bigger things that I learned is that, you know, everybody has a rhyme and a reason why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Some people are genuine about it and some people are just BSers. And yeah. so you can you can quickly read through a lot of those things because you've seen it. But I think also we learned a lot of that stuff too at the jobs we had before that because it was like um, at the Merriman, you know, like you're dealing with older population. Some of these people can't do for themselves. Some of these people are being mistreated by the people that are supposed to be taking care of them. Yeah. And it's like you're seeing all those things. And so you're like learning in a sense like how to be compassionate. And I think at that time when we were doing those jobs, I still wasn't looking at it that way. It was like I'm coming to do my job and leave. And it wasn't that I was being mean to people. But it was like if I don't have to deal with that, I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like I'm going to do what I need to do so I can, so I can go. Um, and then working in fast food. You know what I mean? Now you're. Oh, di- yeah, that's. Uh... I think that's one of like the most unappreciative jobs. Yeah. Right. And and from both sides, it's like you don't appreciate it because like you feel less than mm-hmm. regardless if you work in college or whatever the case may be, whatever stage you're in in life. But then the people that come in line and all that other stuff, they look down upon you, too. It's like, give me my effing sandwich or my drink <laughs> and get like I'm going to treat you like you're below me. Yeah. But it's like you're coming here eating the food, though. So. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think, I guess, bef- like, we're going to get into lessons, but I think the takeaway that I took from those things, I guess, before I was explaining my whole journey, is, like, don't necessarily discount your beginnings, because a lot of times, like, the skills that you, that basically you learn at those jobs you don't like, you're going to take those and use those as stuff you, you like. Mm-hmm. Also, I think you should treat those jobs as if that's the job you want because when you get the job you want, it's going to be even sweeter. Mm -hmm. And I guess I say that because I was already getting up early as hell in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was showing up on time. I was trying to be the best person I could be at my job, not that I was perfect. And it all translates over to what I do now. So now it's like I don't have a problem getting up early in the morning. Um, Even days when I don't feel like doing my job, I realize where I started. And so I'm appreciative of the fact that like, okay, I know what I went through to just get to this point. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times like people hate their jobs or they hate where they're at. And it's like, you shouldn't take that for granted and you should do the best job that you can do in the moment because it's like soon you're going to have the job you want. And I think people our age and younger, because I see it all the time now, like when we go into like certain restaurants and stuff. They're like really antisocial or they don't want to talk to you even when they're like serving you. And it's like, well, I want you to realize unless you're going to work behind a desk, you're going to deal with people for the rest of your life. So if you're going to start a business, you're going to deal with people like Mm -hmm. that's your clientele. And it's like some um, some people forget that. And it's really true is how you do one thing is usually how you do all things. Yeah. Or it's like you may be really talented. Right. And so you get away with the talent part Mm -hmm. until it hits a certain point level and then it comes back and bites you in the butt and i think that's what a lot of people take for granted too so it's like because i hear that all the time with clients about hair hairstylists it's like yeah they do great hair but their customer service sucks or they reschedule and everything else and so it's funny because it's like they're super talented but it's like they don't realize that their business is actually lacking because Mm -hmm. they're missing like that piece of it well you see it on the job all the time though is you know like you said people they they discount that having good relationships with people thing, they show up to a job or somewhere and they think everything is about them. Yeah. Everything is supposed to, like they're supposed to open up their eyes in the morning and everything revolves around how they feel, what they want to do. And it's like... Most people are caught up on the money though. 
that and that's too. that's really what it is most of the time. So it's like the first month, you know how like you go to interview and you say all that nonsense and then yeah. the job <laughs> goes. And then you ever hear people complain and they be like, they don't pay me enough for this. Mm-hmm. You signed up for that. That's what you're getting. You're getting paid for that. Like <laughs> and that. You keep coming back. Yeah, that's what be confusing me the most. I'm like, you signed up for it already though. Like they're yeah. paying you for what you agreed to do. Now, now they're not paying you enough money. Mm-hmm. You don't even do your job correctly. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I I look back on a lot of those times, and it's like not that I was a bad employee because I felt like I I did the best job that I can do, but there was points and times in it where it was like. I definitely did take that stuff for granted or um, I could have worked on my customer service skills a lot more. I didn't like look at look at it from that standpoint. It was just like, I'm going to do my my job to the best that I know how. Mm -hmm. And the customer service that will take care of itself when I get to where I need to get to. And obviously, like I said, I'm I'm a totally different person than I was then that time. Like, you know, I've grown a lot, but. I think that that's something that didn't naturally come to me. So I guess that's what I'm saying. Like whoever's listening to this and like they're in a certain, they're in that place. It's like work on your weaknesses, right? So like if you struggle with people, like I'm not a people person naturally. Like I'm more introverted and I'd rather be by myself. Mm-hmm. Work on that. Like yeah. work on talking to people and making eye contact. Like that stuff, that stuff that I still struggle with now. Like um, being more open and like you have to push yourself to do those things because it's like at the end of the day, like I said, unless you're going to work behind a computer desk, mm-hmm. you're going to have to deal with customers in some way. All the time. And if it's your business, like those that that's basically your that's your money. Yeah, that's a, that's funny because customer service now, especially with these like black owned businesses, it's a I, I don't hmm. I don't understand where they where they get it from that however they feel or whatever they feel like doing that day, they're right and the customer's wrong. Yeah, because it's a crabs in the barrel mentality. I mean, I don't I don't even know if it's if it's that, but it's like I feel like there's a super like it's an entitlement yeah, spirit. Yeah, it's like an entitlement spirit around them owning their own business. It's great that, you know, you do own your own business and that, you know, people are coming to them. So it's like, you know, I have this business going on. Thank you guys for supporting me. But then it gets to a point where it's like, you should be grateful that I'm providing the service for you. But it's like, if you don't got the customers, you don't got no business. Well, also, most of these people are not like they're business operators. So, I mean, that's that's for another day. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But that's a whole nother like topic. But um, I definitely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the. The greatest things that I I learned how to do is is not just cust. I don't want to just put it as customer service. It's actually how to deal with people. Yes, ma'am. So, why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. You was looking at me. I thought you had something <laughs> more to say. No, that's. I mean, that's basically um, where I'm at in my career right now. I did get a promotion, like Wendell was saying. I got a promotion During about quarantine, you a year ago, up. <laughs> and um, they gave me a, I guess I should say earned, not they gave me. Um, mm. I earned a position as a dental coordinator, which is kind of like a, I'm like a supervisor. So if to you guys, it's more so like I'm an administrative assistant. So I have a dual role at work. I'm an administrative assistant or coordinator, and um, I'm also a dental assistant. So I do both most days that I'm at work boss well tell the people about what you do we know 
So for people that don't know, uh, I'm a personal trainer. Um, I think personal trainer is a lot of different things, but like I guess on the surface level, what most people see is I'm a personal trainer. Um, I don't really know where to start. I have a lot of things I could say, so I don't really know where to start. Um, fitness has been something that's been in my life since I was in high school, so I guess I can start like backtrack there. Um, not to go super deep into it, but I guess that's where like my love for it first started. So like it basically just started off with me just lifting weights. I wasn't doing, I wasn't training anybody. I didn't know anything about training or exercise. I was just kind of like with my friend and we're trying to figure out how to do stuff and like get stronger. And we want to look good for wrestling. Like that's basically what it was like, um, for sports. So from there, um, over the years, I ended up starting putting on muscle and I was feeling myself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it kind of turned into my thing. Like, this is my thing. This is what I do. And like, that's what I started to get kind of known for. And I would work out with friends and I would make the workouts and all the other stuff. Again, I still didn't have really no background. It was just kind of going off of what I saw and what I thought was the right things to do. Mm-hmm. And we used to do crazy things. Like some of the stuff I think back to that, that we used to do, like I would never do now. But it all was a learning experience, you know what I mean? And then when I went to college, I had no intentions on ever being a trainer. That was, like, not something I wanted to do. Because all the trainers I saw, they were, they carried clipboards or they <laughs> sat at a desk at the gym. And I had – and I've experienced the same thing, which is funny. And I told myself I was never going to do those things. So I'm like, this is just boring. Like, I don't know about to come somewhere and just be counting people's reps. Like, yeah. I want to work out and do my thing and leave or whatever. So – um, I came to college and I was a math major and a criminal justice major, which is, sounds insane. Um, I think I said that on the last episode, too. Uh, and then my sophomore year, I ended up figuring out that they had something called exercise science. And that's kind of where the love for science and realizing that there was more to the field kind of started. Um, and from there, it was like, OK, I see myself in this field. I still had no intentions on being a trainer. It was more so of like, I'm going to do something either in a hospital or I'm going to be a PT or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just so I don't have to go into like a ton of detail about it. But once I got towards the tail end of college, I realized like, okay, PT school is off the table. Because like the first two years of college, I started off rough. Like my grades weren't the greatest. So I knew I wasn't about to get into no PT school. Um, I ended up getting a graduate assistant position at Akron. And that's how I ended up in Akron um, from Mount Union. From there... Um, where I finally decided that, all right, a trainer is something that I wanted to do. Um, I had two experiences, so I actually forgot about that one. I never, I didn't think about that till recently. The first experience was I took this strength and conditioning class when we was, when I was at Akron and the lady there, she like was just, she was talking about her career and the things that she went, went through and that she was actually one of the first people to introduce me to like self-help books. Like she was recommending books. Remember that? Like I went, um, I got the 10x rule yeah, and then the talent code. Yeah. Like she told me about all those books. And so from there, the way that she made it sound. And then we had this final project where we had to make this program and she showed us program and stuff. And like I went and made this program. So like when I got up to, to like do my part, mm-hmm. I had did this like 12 week program out and everybody in class was like staring at me like <laughs> my thing doesn't look anything like that. So um and I think this was at the same time you had Adrian, too. So I had to go back to the hospital or whatever. So I got to leave class early. Like, I did oh, my wow. thing and I left. 
and like she was like super impressed so i was like so that was like the first like all right i think i want to be a trainer like i'm good at this yeah like yeah. i think i could be good at this and then my next experience which actually was kind of negative but but i i decided like i knew this is what i wanted to do it just wasn't in that setting i was a strength and conditioning um, intern for the school for the football team and the experience was negative overall, and it wasn't negative because necessarily what they did, it was how I responded to it. Because mm -hmm. I'm, like, getting to the point now where I'm learning to not blame people for my experiences. Like, yeah. like you make you make the best of whatever it is that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And you make it better and you move on. So when I was there, um, my ego definitely got in the way, and... I didn't like the I didn't like the way that it was being ran. Like I didn't I, I felt like we weren't being treated valuably. Like it was kind of like we were like bottom of the barrel and it was like we're getting in trouble for stuff that doesn't matter. And so it started to become like, all right, this is not even about learning. It's about doing like tasks that have nothing to do with strength and conditioning. But the flip side of it was we got a lot of like if you paid attention, we learned a lot about programming um he introduced us to books and stuff like we got this binder he had all these books and stuff in it it was a lot of like the information on the stretching and stuff like that and so for me like you know i'm like i get like really excited about that stuff so i was going to get the books i was looking stuff up mm -hmm. and it was like okay like there's way more stuff out here to learn like this isn't just you go to the gym and count somebody's reps yeah so i started learning stuff and i started doing it and i think from there it was like all right I think I want to train clients. Like, I don't really know how this is going to work out. Like, I don't know how to get clients. I don't know where I'm going to be at getting clients. But I want to be a trainer. Like, I know this is what I want to do. Now, flip side to that, once the internship ended, I was working in a gym, but I was not training anybody. I was just working on the floor. This was the YMCA. Okay. Right? And, you know, like, I had what I had, like, three or four jobs at that time. So, it was like, I was doing, I was still dietary aid. I was teaching teaching class and then I was doing that as well mm -hmm. and these things were in totally different places so um it was just rough you know what I mean and I had a point of time where I was doing the dietary aid thing full time and I remember like I guess I this is why I tell people like you know you have to really um believe in yourself and like you have to really stick to whatever it is that you're going to do because you're definitely going to be tested unless somebody's giving you something um, I had so many moments as a dietary where I was like, I'm like, I'm going to be doing this shit forever. Oh yeah. Like I came here, I got a degree and I'm still doing this shit. Like, yeah. and there's, there's people in here that don't like, I'm more educated than the people that's running this building. Mm -hmm. And it's I was like a year after year kind of thing. You kind of get caught like, yeah. And it's like, leave? I'm working in a gym and I don't have no clients. And then I'm looking online I see people training clients mm -hmm. and like, so I was just getting super discouraged. And I think one of the things that kept me going was I used to listen to podcasts. I was still reading books. And so I guess for me, it was like I knew somewhere, something in me, I knew that, all right, like at some point, like something's going to give, like something's going to give, something somewhere is going to come through. And so what was my first experience? Did I go to, no. So I ended up getting hired at JCC. So I ended up going to JCC. And at that time, um, I still didn't have no clients, but I was on the, I was working on the, the fitness floor, mm -hmm. but something in there told me that like, all right, things are starting to change. Cause this place is a little different from the YMCA. So things are starting to change. A new manager came in, she was helping us get certified. And so I knew things were basically starting to move in the right direction. Um, and then from there I ended up getting my first client and it was kind of like, all right, like this is on, like 
this is this is like starting to kind of work out how I wanted to. And then I ended up getting hired at Cleveland Clinic. Right. And so now it's like, OK, I made it like, you know, what I'm saying like this is it. Like yeah, they I, I sat that. down at the interview. They had this whole plan about how things was going to work out, the, the amount of money you can make. The PT director there, he had changed the whole program around. Um, the sales were up real high, all this stuff. So it was like, cool, they got a team there, whatever the case may be. So I was like, all right, I made it, whatever the case. So I think I was, my title was an exercise physiologist. That was like the start of it. And then I was going to be PT and on the on part-time. Mm-hmm. So I had a full-time position there, whatever. And then I was at JCC just to teach classes. And I had one client there. That was Kevin. So I had Kevin. Kevin came around right around that time. So, um... Everything at Cleveland Clinic just started, just was weird right from the beginning. Like I, I, for some reason I knew that like, I knew something wasn't right, but it was like, I needed to accept this. Cause like, this is a good job, you know? And I think that's a trap we fall into. We get really afraid of betting on ourselves because we get told that certain jobs are like it. Like you, like once you yes. get to this place, that's it. As soon as you get that benefit package, yeah, boy, that's it. Yeah. Like you need and that's how it was. Like they, like I had benefits, <laughs> I had well-paying job, I had PTO, yep. all that stuff. And I didn't have that before. So it was like, all right, you made it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you wearing the Cleveland Clinic name, yep. all that stuff. <laughs> and what people don't realize is that Cleveland Clinic is the hospital. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the gym portion, which is not the same. And that's just for another day. But those are not the same. Like, they're using that name to sell it. Yeah. So we get in there or whatever. And um, I automatically knew, like, the, the people overhead. Because I'm one of those people where it's like, I don't care who you are. You treat you give me a certain type of energy, I'm giving it back to you. So like you want to walk past the desk and don't speak to me, I'm not speaking to you. I don't care what your title is. So this dude that this dude that was over us, he used to like not speak or whatever the case may be. And I think he knew right away like he didn't like me or whatever the case may be, because I like everybody else would like run over and kiss his butt. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had it in for me or whatever. So he used to be like watching the cameras in there, I guess. I don't really know. Or watching me. It was like an ego thing. Yeah. So um, I used to get up and like walk away from the desk. If there was like one or two people, I would go walk away from the desk. I would like walk around or I would go upstairs and walk the track or whatever. I wouldn't always be sitting at the desk. So he started to try to find anything to say mm-hmm. or whatever. So over time... um, my 90 day evaluation came up and so they bring me into the office or whatever for 90 day eval and my manager was cool or whatever at least he acted like he was cool and they gave me this list and literally it has my all my job descriptions on it mm-hmm. so basically i haven't been doing my job at all like i haven't been doing nothing right i haven't been turning the computer off right i haven't been cleaning up putting stuff back right even though i did that every night before i left I didn't turn the machines off. The TVs weren't turned. Like, it literally said everything I did for my job description, I didn't do, but all that stuff was done. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not to mention that I really wasn't trained for the position on top of that. It was kind of like half done. So, kind of throw you in there. And yeah. Like, and whatever, because it's not hard enough to figure out. But what I realized early on was that he just didn't like me. So, um, my manager fought to have to give me another another 30 days, I think, or whatever. But after over time, I knew I was going to get fired. I knew mm-hmm. it was coming because I could tell by just how weird they were acting. So um, isn't that um, isn't that crazy, though, how you get into like these big corporate businesses and everything is really about power? Yeah, it has that's all it's about with how good you are as a person or your growth or your potential or anything. It's like as soon as you hit somebody in their ego, it's like. We got to get rid of them. But also the thing that I, the, the, the other thing I knew that didn't agree with me, 
the way they did the the training part because that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to sit at the desk anyways. Mm -hmm. That was just part of the process because like that's just how they did things. And also it put you in front of people because they had like this jumpstart program. Yeah. So it allowed you to be in front of people. So I understood that. But what I didn't like was if I go have a conversation with somebody and he wants to sign up for training, it goes to the person that's ahead of me that's looking for clients until he's full. Yeah. So it was like, okay, so I'm going to get the client for, the work. and somebody else gets gets the client. Yeah. So that right there, like, didn't sit right with me because I'm like, that's that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a like it's business. Like, in a sense, personal training is personal. It's a business, mm -hmm. right? This guy's talking to me because he wants me. Yeah. Not somebody because your system the way it's set up. So that's when I realized, okay, this is a system, and that's just not going to sit right with me because like, I just feel like I'm my own person. Like, I don't yeah. want to be crowded by anybody. And then also. We had to wear uniforms. We couldn't wear hats. We couldn't do any, like, everything had to be, like, everybody had to look the same. And for mm -hmm. me, I'm just, like, I got my that's own, I have my own swag. That's one thing that I hate about, like, a job or, like, a career. It's, like, if I can't show up here and look like myself, I'm not, I'm not coming here. But that's, that's, that's in a sense, like, that's workers, though. That's mm -hmm. how they control you. Everybody, like, you're no, you're no different from nobody else. But when you think about personal training, it's personal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so... I knew I was going to get fired. Like, I knew it was coming um, or whatever. So when I went back in the office or whatever, they tried to bring up, like, oh, you were you were from the de you were away from the desk for longer than 20 minutes. Now, there was nobody in the on the, the thing or whatever. And they said that I was reading at the desk. Nobody's in here at this time. And I looked at the manager. I was like, you told me I could read. So I didn't argue or anything like that. I didn't take I didn't argue. I knew it was coming. So. Um, and then they ask you the stupidest question in the world. Like, do you have any questions for us? You just fired me. Like you, I, you I, I really want to curse you out. <laughs> so I shook my manager's hand. I didn't shake the executive director's hand cause I don't like him. I didn't like him. And I'm not one of those people that's about to act fake. Yeah. So I didn't shake his hand or whatever. I got up and I walked out, I got my stuff. And then the manager came up to me and he was like, you know, I'm super sorry. He's like, I feel, he's like, I feel terrible. He was like, you know, cause I didn't want to do that, but he wanted me to fire you or whatever. And I don't want to lose my job. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I understand. He was like, if you need a reference or whatever, just let me know. Mm -hmm. So I still had JCC. So I ended up going back. Um, and then that's when we ended up getting this, the, the new manager, um, came in and, uh, basically it was like some like Anthony came down that, that day or whatever, but uh -huh. the undefeated fit life, all that stuff that you see now, that's kind of where that started. Yeah. It was like, okay, like I'm going to have to create something for myself because nobody's like, nothing's ever going to be the way I want it to be. Yeah. That but, day was really crazy though. Cause it was like right on God's time. Like yeah. Anthony came to have dinner with us and gave us a whole and he was speech. Like, at, <laughs> Wendell was so like out of it. He, Anthony was like, you keep looking at me like, what's going on, man? Like what's going on? You looking real down right now. And then Wendell was like, I just got fired. <laughs> and it just kind of it kind of blew off from there yeah so that kind of started there um and obviously it was a long journey from there it wasn't like i just started my own thing and like i'm here so um jcc kind of was like after that happened that's when i started to get online so that's when the posting started and i still wasn't doing it consistently like you know i was still struggling with myself um and then from there um i went on to um I ended up becoming a full-time trainer after a while. Mm -hmm. um, clientele started picking up. And then after, once quarantine hit, that's when um, I transitioned over to summer. Mm -hmm. And from there, that's kind of where the I got a better platform 
yeah. for people to actually see me. Because um, a lot of people don't realize, like, I was doing this stuff four years ago. Yeah. It's just everybody's starting to see a lot of this stuff now. Like, I've been doing this for, I've been in a gym for over 10 some years. But as far as the training part, I was doing this four years ago. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are starting to see this now within the last year or so. But um, it just didn't happen overnight. Like, there was a lot of bumps and bruises. Like, when I started basically putting myself out there, um, trying to build a following. I mean, I went for almost six months where people asked me, like, you're a trainer? Yes, I'm a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was a lot of stuff like that. I started my own blog, um, my own website. Uh, and then I finally got a name or whatever. So I started using using that name. And that's kind of like how that stuff kind of, that kind of, that stuff was birthed basically from uh, Roblox or something coming up. Yeah. And I guess like for me, I feel like a lot of people get in those places where it's like Cleveland Clinic could have could have did a whole nother uh, 360 for me, right? I could have got fired and be like, you know what? I'm done with everything. I'm going home. This is it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what's going to work out with me and you, but I'm leaving. Like, yeah, I got fired. Sure. This is it. I, like, it's over for me. Yeah. And I don't know for whatever reason. I don't know if it's God or the person I am. Maybe it's a combination. All those things. It was just like, it It hurt and I was upset, but part of me was like glad. Like, I was kind of happy it happened. It was like, because I knew that that just wasn't for me. Yeah. I was trying to make it for me because like you work in a hospital, you need to be happy with that. And it's like, no, that doesn't agree with me. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's kind of how my journey's been this whole time. Um, I guess to to kind of jump to like now, um, I'm full time obviously now. It's a lot different um, because I am working. I'm working in somebody else's gym, but I have a lot more control over what I do. Yeah. And what I can do. And so I like it like that. That's not for everybody. Like I said, some people are perfectly fine and they need to work in a job that they love that. And that's good for them. Mm -hmm. But for me, I don't like people telling me what to do. I really don't like people controlling me at (laughs) all. Um, And so, like, I want my own shit. That's just how I feel. And it took me a long time to even get to that place. And I think that's how some people are as well. It's like we're programmed to believe that we're supposed to work for somebody and accept what we get. And my 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 later 20s that's what it's been it's been like like basically killing a lot of that stuff inside of me where it's like no it's okay to want your own stuff mm-hmm. and to not build other people's dream like you're at JCC building somebody else's dream yeah you know what i'm saying and like i love helping people mm-hmm. but i can't help nobody if i can't be myself Absolutely. you know what i mean yeah. and so like that's that's basically what it's been for me the last couple of years is that like just creating something that's my own thing like this is my thing um, and I'm going to make it what I want it to be. And then also learning that, like, I'm not for everybody. Cause I had a point in time where I first got into this and it was like, I was trying to be for everybody. Oh yeah. Yes. Buying books, um, trying to change myself, trying to be friends with people that I know don't like me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm at a pet point in my life where I'm just like, all right, like this is who I am and I'm working on myself, but I'm working on myself for me. Yeah. And I'm not doing that for anybody else. You don't have to like me. You don't have to like what I do. I don't really care. It's 8 billion people on this planet. Somebody going to like me and somebody not going to like me. Most people are not going to like me. I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? I have a family too. You know what I'm saying? I don't have time to be sitting over here worrying about John 316 online that doesn't like me (laughs) or some random ass person that I went to school with. Like um, the 10-year challenge we just did. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't rock with me now because they think they're better than me. Right. From 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that person I was 10 years ago. And 
if you actually got around me now, you would see that. But that's how it is. People hold you to like this place that you were like, you're holding me to what I was when I was 18. I'm not 18 years old. I'm not 18 years old no more. I'm 29. Yeah. I'm a grown ass man now. So it's like, I, I just look at that stuff and I it's, it's funny, but I'm learning to, I guess I'm learning to love the person that I am. And I'm learning to learn the person that I am. Yes. And I think that it took me a long time to get to that place because I was trying to make myself be something I wasn't and Absolutely. fit into something that I wasn't. And I, and I, that's, I don't know, that's just where I am. It's not easy, you know. I have, those, I have those days and those moments where it's just like, I don't understand why th- this person doesn't, isn't feeling me or why does this person get this kind of love and I'm doing something, I feel like I'm doing better or I'm doing this better or whatever the case may be. You know, we compare ourselves, we do that, that mm-hmm. stuff. But I'm definitely not that person anymore. I think people do this a lot. Like, they look over and they know this person over there doesn't like them. They'll go over there and try to, like, get that person to like them or try to understand why that person doesn't like them. Yes. I don't give a shit. Yep. I'm not going over there. You don't like me? Good. Oh, well. <laughs> Continue to not like me. Some people think that, you know, because somebody doesn't like you, like, that's that's a bad thing. It's It doesn't really matter. Well, I probably like, don't the, like you. Like, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter who doesn't like you. Focus more on what people are really, in, like, those people who are really invested in you and actually like, it's like, it's, it's organic. Well, I think mentally, like I think mentally as humans, I think we're naturally wired to focus on negative shit Mm -hmm. and the bad stuff. Yes. And you have to kind of train your mind to focus on the good that you have going on because we're naturally just negative. So the natural thing to do is to focus on the five people that aren't supporting you or don't like you and seek their approval even though you have 10 people over here that rock with you and they love you mm-hmm. and they and they like they want to see you succeed whatever no the case may be yeah but i think we're naturally wired for that or we're naturally wired to be like vengeful and like i'm gonna prove you wrong type mm-hmm. of thing and there's nothing wrong with that cuz i think that's great too if you can channel that the right way cuz i definitely use that mm-hmm. like if i definitely know somebody's not really feeling oh yeah like and i know you're going to be there i'm definitely about to like i'm a, oh yeah i want you to Let see me it show you. yeah i want you to see it but that's like you're using it in a positive way yes you know what I'm saying? You're not using it in a negative way. And I, I and also like I'm not one of those like I realize I'm not one of those like super like positive people and like we're gonna do positive things all the time. Like I'm one of like I'm very raw about it. Like I have bad days. I don't like people. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like I don't naturally like people. Like I'm just being real. Like if you're not like close to me in my circle like that and I'm not like feeling you, I don't like people like that. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Everything's not always like I, I'm. I'm one of those people. Who, like, I don't care if you don't say good morning to me. We don't. It don't always gotta be all like positive and stuff all the time. Now I'm not saying you gotta walk around and be negative, but it's like I feel like a lot of times like we're we're like we're like forced in like this weird ass world where it's like you gotta be positive and like everything's always sunshine and rainbows and like don't be negative and. <laughs> Everything else is like, no, this sucks. Like some days I don't want to work out. It sucks. Yeah. Eating this food, I don't want to eat this. I want to eat pizza and I want to eat cookies all day. <laughs> it sucks. But you got to do what you got to do. So like, I'm, I don't know. I guess that's like, that's my vibe. And some people don't like that. Some people don't like, and I've realized that people don't like the truth. Well, I like the truth. Tell me the truth. I may not want to hear it, but like, I want the truth. Don't lie to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are... That's just me, but I realize like fake is the new real. Definitely. That's 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 like a big thing on social media. Fake is the new real. 
telling the truth and keeping it real and, you know, holding people accountable. Accountability sounds cool until it's time to be held accountable for things you do. Mm-hmm. Most people run from that. And I'm that guy. Yeah. Right. I'm that guy. So, you know, I'm going to show up and you know, I'm going to be there. And you know I'm probably going to say something that's going to ruffle your feelings that you ain't going to like. So what do people do? They run from me. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know. I just wish I had more people that are like that with me. Tell me when I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing and get on me about my stuff. I'm I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. Because that pushes me. And I know like, okay, I did say I was supposed to do that. I need to do that. But I don't know. I just, I, I think the longer I've worked in this field and the more I've been just an adult that I see that like, a lot of adults are very good at playing an image and like portraying something that they're not like social media is definitely something that's been created. Like you don't have to be successful no more. You can just act like it. Mm -hmm. You buy the outfit. Yeah. You buy the outfit, rent the car or be somebody else's car. And, or you in the club, post it up. You got your face (laughs) beat. That's what's called face beat, right? It's your face beat. Is that what's called? Yes. Oh, okay. Got your lashes done, all that stuff. And you could just fake like you something and you about to go work at your restaurant tomorrow. And ain't nothing wrong with being a server. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But but you over here got a thousand dollar outfit on acting like you. You can't afford it. Acting like you balling. <laughs> you balling. You didn't even pay your rent. That's facts, though. So, a lot of so I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. But. Cause I'm about to go off on a tangent. No, it's def- that definitely happens. I mean, it happens in the... I like to say that I work in corporate America um, because a lot of that happens where I work too. So it's kind of like, you know, everything goes well until you start telling people what they should be doing. Yeah. And it's not just it should be as in like, I just woke up today and, and I want to tell you what you should be doing. Well, I feel like mediocrity is, is mediocrity. Most of mediocrity is people not owning their shit. Yes. And these are basic things. Yeah. Like it's so like it's sad because it's super basic. The stuff that you have to remind people, this is what you signed up for. Yeah. And that's why I'm expecting you to do it because you signed up for it. Now I can see if you didn't sign up for it and I'm asking you to do something that's completely like off the wall. Like, why would you ask me to do that? We didn't talk about. Well, that. I also realized that people follow the leader. So it's like yes. if one if one person cuts corners and doesn't do something, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody becomes, actually is, like, grounded in their their selves. It becomes a domino effect. Yeah. And so it's like, if this person got away with it, I'm going to try it. And when I get caught or somebody addresses me about it, I'm going to act like, okay, well, I'm not the first person who did it, so why are you upset? And it's like, some people don't realize that, you know, there are certain people that you are connected to or whatever. I guess I'm saying this from a leadership leadership position. You see certain things in some people, and it's like, okay... I'm calling you out because I know you can do this. Mm -hmm. I know you can perform like this. I know you can do this. And it's like, you're cutting corners right now. Why, like, why, why are you doing that? Because that's what we're, that's what society's built off of. Yes. Nothing's ever really, nothing's really deep or like really meaningful. It's like, I'm going to do the bare minimum and I Mm -hmm. expect the maximum reward. Exactly. Every single time, every single time they want to do the least amount of work, but get, the most reward for it. That's like, that doesn't even exist. That's fitness in a nutshell. Yeah. That's how it goes. Most, most people that come into a gym, that's what, that's what they're on. I'm going to do the bare minimum and I want the maximum result right away. And if I don't get that, then there's something wrong here and I'm going to go do the next thing or I'm going to give up. Yeah. 
And like the funniest part for me with it is, is like, I've been doing this for like 15 years. Why do you think that you deserve to have something in 30 days? Mm-hmm. Like it's the most, it's the most mind boggling thing to me. Or it's like, you want to come, you want to come in and then say like, oh, this is important to me. My health is important. I need to change this. I need to change that. But you don't want to track your food. You don't have time for that. You don't have time to make sure that you know where you're getting your meals from. So then your health's not that important. Yes. Because I can't do that for you. Yes. I, I can give you. I think the thing also for people to realize is that also, even though somebody's not always saying things about like every time, like every time you try to get away with something, mm-hmm. the person who basically is kind of like in that leadership role, they're not going to always say something. They're about, just watching. They're watching you. Yes. They're not going to always say when you do something wrong or when they catch you doing something wrong, but they're watching you. So really you become less valuable or I'm taking you less seriously because it's like, I shouldn't have to tell you to do something. Yeah. You should want to wake up and do it yourself because that shows me this is the type of person you are without anybody having to say anything. Mm -hmm. If you have to be prompted all the time, you're almost like a kid. But I feel like to tell you to do it every single time. I feel like that's 75 percent of people. Yeah. You got to tell them what to do, how to do it, and then and then you got to motivate them on why they should do it. Yes. And you got to constantly keep doing it. And they still don't. Very do it. few people are like, I'm about to figure it out and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And or I'm going a, I'm to a take the initiative and do it and then like I'll take my I'll take feedback for it. Yeah. It's very few people like that. Um and then there then those people that do do that, the people that you need to tell what to do or whatever are offended by those people. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. Like we just, I just, I, the older that I'm getting and cause I think also like you're super naive when like you're not an adult yet. Like you're like coming up in the work world. Mm-hmm. You think that like at those, the restaurant jobs and stuff like that, you think that those people are that way until you get to the like, corporate jobs and like higher yeah. up jobs and you realize it's worse. It's like, Oh, <laughs> these people are just better at cutting corners. Yes. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's, it's almost ridiculous. It's like, um, and a lot of stuff is like based off an image. Like, so like I'm this type of person in front of people, so people think this, or people are really good talkers, and they have really good personalities, so like they get away with things, and it's like you're really not about what you say. Yeah. Like like this is bullshit, and I can see it from a mile away. I think that's why more and more now I'm I'm really getting focused on their only way around this is to create your own yeah lane, create your own business, create your own practice, whatever, and you set the tone for what you want. And you don't give up on it Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to become like everybody else. Just like how you notice now, everybody's doing business the same way. Now, maybe before they had a business, they probably were one of those people that started off and said, I'm going to do this with my business. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because this is what I don't like about business that I'm seeing now. But then when they get in it, it's like, oh, well, shit, I can cut the corner like they do. Yep. I'm going to do the same thing. And that's where it's like, okay, y'all. I mean, like it lasts. It lasts for a while because I mean, it's just like anything. It fades, and then also I think it's one of those things too where you see somebody that's like or something that's like super talented or like has potential, mm-hmm. but it's like they cut corners or it's like they're comfortable or whatever the case may be. Because um, you see athletes do it too, and it's like this person got all this talent. Like, mm-hmm. why don't they just? And it's like they're comfortable or like they just don't get it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they might be in a good place. Like, oh, yeah, he made it to the NBA. Oh, yeah, he made it to the NFL. Oh, yeah, they own a business like. But it's like so much more potential there. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like talent can only take you somewhere. And it's like, how would you feel at the end of it where it's like you had all this potential to do this thing, but because you just rested on your talent and then you just got there and got lazy, mm-hmm. you didn't fully. I guess you didn't fully what like take like take take advantage to, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like you left stuff on the table because you were comfortable. Yes. I don't know. That's just some way that I don't want to live. Yeah. I'm starting to realize that more and more. It's like you really if you're if you always come into those feelings where it's like this this is just not sitting right with me. Like, you know, I'm really I'm really not into this. I'm really not into how this is going. And you've already attempted like you've made your best attempt at. I don't know, being in that thing or being in that place, it's just like, okay, it's getting to the point now where this is not agreeing with me so much. I need to create my own thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. So are we going to go into our points? I feel like I hit on a lot of them, but. Yeah. So um, I have five points um, that I'm, I have realized working in the career that I'm in now and also over time. Um, that I am going, like, I, I realize these things and I'm actually going to start implementing, implementing them more, like sticking to them mm. because I, like I said, I'm getting to the point now where it's like, I, I feel like I really, like I've tried the corporate thing and it's like, this is, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really not for me. So, um, and I just, I don't know, I'm moving in a different direction and um, I, I'm starting to realize, um, more things about myself. That's like, I can't, I can't sleep on these things. Like I have to stick to these things because these are going to help me when I actually venture off and start doing exactly what I want to do. Um, so the first one I wrote down was owning my values. So I learned that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it's like, when you get around people and you get in a certain environment, sometimes they start to try to put their values on you. So they start saying things like, well, we do this like this. Mm -hmm. You might as well just do it like this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well that doesn't agree with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that because I like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. And I realize that now it's like, I'm, I'm holding on to my word. I'm holding on to my values. This is not something that I'm willing to compromise myself for. And I'm never going to do it. Mm -hmm. So if I got to go or, Whatever you got to do, fine. I'm okay with that, but I'm not. I'm not compromising myself in that way. Um, the second thing I put is that a career is flexible, and I'm realizing this is because um, sometimes when you get into a career, you think that you have to do these five things or these ten things, and this is all that you're going to do every year in business or in your career. I'm realizing that in a career, it's, it's really flexible. It can change. You can do different things in the same career. Mm-hmm. So, like, just like me, you know, I started off as a dental assistant. I worked at the front desk. I know how to do insurance, you know. I learned a lot of administrative stuff. And it's like I can carry a lot of those things into whatever career path that I want to do, whether it's even still in dentistry. Like, if I wanted to do something else, I can take those things that I have learned mm. and take it somewhere else with me. Um, the third one is, is you can't run from conflict. You have to embrace it. Um, I was one of those people who thought that, you know, whenever there's a problem that came about, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to find the best possible way to make everyone happy. You can't always make everybody happy. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, when conflict arises, you literally have to take it head on. So it's like, 
I need to address this. I'm not going under it. I'm not going over it. I need to tackle this head on so we can figure out what's going on and get to the bottom of it and move forward. Um, I think the last one, this is the last one, so I have four. So the last one I put is that you have to prepare. Um, I get so busy sometimes um, into my schedule or whatever, and it's like I forget how to prepare myself for what I want to do. And so it becomes what other people need me to do. And so a big part that I'm going to implement now is that I want to start preparing how my day is going to go, how my week is going to go, how my month is going to go, and I'm going to go from there. I am not going to put other people, like basically what, what their they- Their agendas. Yeah, their agendas are what they are trying to accomplish on my shoulders because everybody has their own responsibility and what they need to do themselves. So it's like we collectively need to work together in mm. this thing. I'm not doing everything by myself anymore. And you shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's juicy. Good job. Proud of you. Thanks. You've evolved. You're an evolving, evolving woman. I'm really trying. It's you. been hard, but I'm trying. Yeah. All right. So I have, um, I have five. Uh, I'm probably going to combine two of them. So my first one is do it your do it your way. Um, and for me, um, kind of piggybacking off of one of the things you said was about like um, compromising like your values, like sticking to your values. When you go into certain jobs or like environments, you have to realize that a lot of that is like you're basically putting your values to the side. A lot of times if it doesn't agree with you for the values of the job. Right. And a lot of times you're compromising who you are or the way you want to do things for the job. And there's nothing wrong with that if you find a job that fits your values. Nothing wrong with that or a business that you fit into. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're like, I guess if you're in a position like me, like you're, I don't know, you're doing lashes or you have a business, uh, you're a trainer, um, whatever it is, like your business, do it your way. You know what I mean? And then also to be uh, another piece of that is like, we get so caught up a lot of times on social media where it's like we're seeing something that's working within our business. Somebody's having success and we try to mimic and copy that exact thing. And it's like that may not fit you and your style. Yeah. So find what works for you. Right. Like nobody can tell you how to be you better than you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like do it your way. If it's not hurting other people, if it's if it's ethical, if you're not breaking the law, do it your way. So I think that that's super important. Um, the next one is uh, distraction steals and comparison kills. So that's kind of going off of this, the last one. Um, we also get very distracted watching other people. Um, we get distracted trying to basically look important online. And then also comparison kills because it's like the thing that makes you unique is yourself. Like I feel like that's the number one thing that, that, that we sell now online or anything when it comes to products. A lot of people are buying things now because of the person, right? Yeah. And so if you're comparing yourself trying to be the next whatever that is you're comparing it to, you're all you are is a copycat. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's never going to really become what you want it to be because it's not, it doesn't have strong energy behind it. Yeah. You're the strongest when you're being yourself. So if you don't know who you are or you're not developing that person, you need to spend time finding out who that person is. So I think that's super important. Um, the next one is, is education is your responsibility. So I used to be one of those people where I thought that, not that I wasn't like learning things and doing stuff, 
But I used to feel like somebody was going to come along and teach me the stuff that I needed to be taught. Mm -hmm. And you have to go out and go get the information, whether whatever it is. And then you have to apply that. Right. Yeah. Um, and that goes for finances. That goes for your own health. It doesn't matter. Like like you're like you educating yourself like that's your responsibility. And if you don't do that, somebody's going to take advantage of you. Oh, yeah. And that's just facts like that. And it doesn't matter what area of your life is in. You'll be taken advantage of by somebody that is educated. Right. Yeah. So I think that's super important is like taking responsibility for like you learning and you becoming whatever it is that you're trying to become. Yes. Um, next one is principles over prejudice and principles over politics. So principles over prejudice basically is, is that we're not we're sticking to our values and what we're about and we're not um, discounting or, or writing off something or someone because of how we feel. Right. And politics is basically we're not getting caught up in the popular thing or the popular narrative. Yeah. Right. We're sticking to like p principles of like what's important and what's right, mm -hmm. and what's right for us. OK. Um, a lot of times I think I see that a lot online is like we write certain people off certain things off because they don't have a certain amount of followers or because it looks a certain way and we don't really understand what it is or find out what it is. And then we get caught up like chasing popularity. I feel like that's the thing. It's like. We don't respect professionalism. We don't respect people that are really about about that life. Mm -hmm. We we basically chase after what's popular. Like I'm gonna go do the popular thing because everybody likes that, yeah. even though a lot of times that's exactly what is not working. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually have two more. So the next one is excellence is unconventional and mediocrity is common. Um, and basically, what that means is that. When you're chasing after being excellent, right, or like you're obsessed with something, that's not normal. Most people are not going to understand that because most people are mediocre, are mediocre, right? And basically, like mediocre people settle and they cut corners and they're looking for the shortcut or the quick fix or the easy way to do things. People that chase excellence are uncommon because very few people are going to go through the things to actually be excellent. And so you have to realize that you're not going to make sense and you're not going to vibe with a lot of people because a lot of people are not operating that way. Yeah. Um, and then my last one is um, it's not about return on investment. It's about return on relationships. So something that I learned early on was and things I would see was that people oftentimes will ruin a relationship over money. Or ruin a relationship over an advancement in their career or something like that. And so what I've learned to do is a lot of times when I get caught up in certain situations, I ask myself, is the relationship worth what I'm about to go do? Right. And I think a lot of times in business and like when we're doing things in our careers, we're, a lot of times people are so focused on the money especially they'll ruin a relationship over a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is the relationship worth that? Cause it's like that relationship can bring you thousands it could bring you another relationship with somebody that can like transform your business or you as a person. Mm -hmm, so nice. a lot of times, like for me, when I when I'm doing things, I, I check myself and I'm like, all right, is this worth the money? Is this worth is me saying this worth the relationship mm -hmm. is me tearing that person down or saying this or exposing them in this way? Is it going to be worth the relationship in the long run? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times we don't think about that, even with your own customers. Right. Is it worth you screwing your customer over for that money, right? Or exposing them. Yeah. Or is it worth you getting over on them, right? Mm -hmm. You telling them they're, that you're giving them something and it's not really what it is. Yeah. Right? So, and I, I don't know. I see it all the time. Like, I, I've been in situations like that where it's like, wow, like, you're really going to use me for 
for this. Like, you you think I don't see that. Exactly. And so it's like, I don't know. I think that's super important. I think that we don't really value relationships as much as we should, especially in black culture, mm -hmm. because everybody has that crabs in the barrel mentality. And it's like, I'm about to be the one up. Like, I'm about to help this person up. I'm about to be the one up. And so, like, we're, like, making moves. And it's like, I don't know if that's worth the relationship. Like, make yeah. sure that, make sure while you're burning everybody up that when your shit falls down, when you fall, that you have people there when you fall. Yeah. Because it's going to be a lonely one. I was just going to say that some people just don't care. Because some, some people, they literally are just like, I'm in this for me. I don't care about nothing that's going on around me. And the other thing that I learned, too, is that there's peaks and valleys in life. So, like, Always. you're going to be in top and then you're going to come back down and you're going to be back up top. And, like, you're going to go through things. And so just make sure that, like, when you're burning up these relationships and you're burning things up, just make sure that... Um, you, your house is built on some real strong foundation because if the thing comes down, you're going to be screwed. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. That's it for me. So, that's all we have today, everybody. That was a lot. That was some nuggets. It really was. I'm going to listen to this one again because I am, I really need some, like, continuous advice and, you know. I'm thinking about becoming a motivational speaker now. You should be. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, if you found value in this episode, please um, like, comment, and share this podcast on Life On Us Podcast. Don't forget to like our support page on Facebook on Life On Us Podcast and give us a rating. Yes, ma'am. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Check it out. Share it. Um, share with your mom. Share with your dad. Share with your girlfriend. Share with your boyfriend, Jerome. Share with your cousins. Jerome is back. Jerome is back. <laughs> Until next time, you guys. See ya. Get Peace. some. Thank you for listening to the On Life On Us podcast. If you found value in this episode, please share with a friend. Also, don't forget to like our Facebook page called On Life On Us podcast where you will find our email to send in questions and comments and future topics. Get some.